millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spurs Day Thursday podcast. It is no win November. How are you feeling, Phil? Um, I'm feeling quite exhausted by it all, to be honest, Jack. Um, How are you feeling about difficult. Spurs being in the mire of an injury crisis whilst Arsenal are top of the Premier League cruising their Champions League group? It's good, isn't it? Um, it oh, it's wonderful, yeah. It's really, really the icing on the cake, isn't it, that? Um, I've tr- I, I saw what, that, what was happening yesterday and I was like, do you know what? I'm not going to get drawn on on this. I'm not going to allow this to affect me. We've got, you know, our own our own sort of problems, and that's quite enough. There's no room. There's no more room for anguish. There's no room for Arsenal anguish, and there usually is, to be honest. You know, that usually rankles, but it just shows you how bad things are with us at the moment. For me, anyway. Um, yeah, it's, it's rough, isn't it? It is really rough. Um, and it's City next. I mean, I suppose in some in some small glimmer of positivity, this is going to be the toughest game and probably quite a brutal one. But after that, things slowly start getting better. Darkest before the dawn and all that. See, this is it because I don't I don't think it's it's negative. It's it's because I'm not kind of I'm not sitting here. Look, I honestly I was on the City podcast earlier, Blue Moon, and they asked me on the spot for my prediction, and I was like, you know what, lads, like I'll be brutally honest here. I actually think this might be like a five niller to you job. Like I, I can really see us getting battered here, um, and I'm not, I'm not really like desolate about that though because what it will mean is that Postacoglu will have done his thing. He will have played the way that we know he's going to play. Like I think we know that by now, don't we? That Postacoglu isn't going to bow to anybody. He's not going to sit back. He's not going to respect Manchester City, regardless of the personnel he has available to him. And we all entered this pack, didn't we? When we when we when we brought him in, when we warmed to him, was that when it's good, it's going to be good. But when it's not good, you know, it's going to be painful, and we're going to feel that. But we've already seen that glimmer of where it can go at the start of the season. So if we keep uh, it's the sort of quote that always gets dug out, isn't it? Though when we were losing three nil and we were still playing the way I wanted us to play, I knew I had them. That's the that's the stage we're going through right now, isn't it? And we just have to hope that there is some light after after the dark. Because I, you know, I I honestly I, I really do I do think this city game is going to be chastening. I think it's going to be pretty brutal. But and as I said to Rosa on the Monday pod. As much as we're not allowed to talk about this stuff, if it keeps Manchester City up there against Arsenal, then th- there's consolation to that. You know, I-, I honestly feel that. I know that's probably some weak-minded mentality as dictated by Twitter, but do you know what I mean? I do, yeah, and I don't think it is weak-minded. I think it's just being realistic. You know, we saw what Villa did to us when they put in what two crosses, or you know, they certainly kind of. Um, scored their first uh, from a cross, didn't they? 
Um, and they didn't really put in that many crosses. I think they put in another one which was offside, but they scored with it. Um, I just think that's what City will do. You know, they've got Alfinger Haaland. Alfinger Haaland. He, he's there. He's, like, he's just up in the... They've got Erling Haaland. He's, he's up there shithousing, isn't he? Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've, they've got Haaland, who just, who's good in the air. And we won't... I mean, I don't know if we're playing any centre-backs. I mean, I think Dyer might have been benched because he wasn't quite fit. But, you know, back back to your point... City at City are excellent, and we and we are rocking in terms of our um, squad. So yeah, it feels like there's only sort of one outcome. But you know, you say five nil. I think that we could probably score two or three if it's a game like that, right? Um, which again is probably it. It's, let's say if it's like five three or five two, five three. Let's say five two still a battering, five three and. Again, people probably look at that and say, like, well, you know, there are extenuating circumstances why we've shipped five goals, but we still kind of went there and played our way. I guess that's a, a positive, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I think there's quite a lot made about Ange and his kind of, you know, people calling it a sort of naive attacking sense and, you know, this ridiculous high line. I don't think it's quite that, though. I think mm. it's just trying to play on the front foot, which is, you know, the opposite of what we've seen for the last few years which didn't work either all right you know you can have a bit of more of a balance but I think there's definitely been periods in these games where we have kind of consolidated a little bit I think it was against uh, United what we went one nil up and I think Hoiberg came on I think it was this game Hoiberg came on and they were putting us under pressure and then we broke and scored the second so you know I think it's a bit overplayed to be honest this this Ange's naive he's, he's mad you can't keep just throwing yourselves to the slaughter all the time I don't think it's that. It, it mainly stems from the Chelsea game, right? Which, look, let's be real. Now the dust has settled. It did descend into farce a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I think, but again, that high line, um, again, you look at it in in the context of what he's been saying and what the narrative is about. It's like, I can't believe he's doing it. I was there and I was like, this is absolute madness. But it did work. And it was a tactic to kind of, if anything, throw Chelsea off. Mm. Because suddenly they had this thing that they teams probably don't really um, train for that much, right? Playing against nine men and then suddenly that nine men are playing on the halfway line. That's mad. And that takes time to adapt. So it was just a bit of a, well, what else can we do? The, the other thing that we could do is, you, you know, all barrage ourselves in our box and probably just concede two or three like most teams would because you just, you know, it's, it's hard to keep a team like that. So again, I just think it was a bit of a ballsy move, but I don't think it was part of this kind of naive conversation about Ange that seems to be kind of bubbling up and that, you know, becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, people like Gary Neville at halftime in the Man United game or um, and um, Roy Keane as well being like, you can't do this to Manchester United, that's mad. And then we went on to win the game. So then suddenly they've got an egg on their faces. So it's all part of that. It's like, well, I told you you couldn't do this because it's mad and you, you'll come unstuck. I don't really feel like that this is quite an accurate portrayal of what actually happened. Certainly, you know, if you take that Chelsea high line in, in isolation, I think it was a, a mad tactic, but one that kind of seemed to work. You know, Chelsea weren't very good as, as an attacking unit up, up until, well, they still aren't. So to kind of play into their weaknesses, which is, you know, timing runs and being a collegiate attacking unit, which they weren't, kind of makes sense in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. We've been under a bit of a cloud at Spurs. I think it's it's a strange kind of limbo 
I was I was trying to find the words for this yesterday um, on Twitter when I was talking about it. It, it, it. In so much as I don't think anyone's particularly annoyed at Spurs. There's a, maybe a bit of concern about the 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 lack of depth in the squads. We we did highlight that before the season started. But even then, the the kind of the purple and gold murmurings feels a little bit forced at the moment because. I think ultimately we know we've got a very good team just waiting to, waiting to, you know, in the wings, if you like. The hospital wings, yeah. Yeah, well, and, and this, this leads very nicely to the point about Rodrigo Bentancur, which is one source of, I would say, open disdain, frustration, hatred for Matty Cash. Because it, it felt like such a needless challenge on a player that I mean, look, I don't I don't see it as being as malicious as Cash has known Bentenko has been out with a knee injury as you know, blah 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 as people have kind of fanficked and stuff on the internet. I think he's just a bit of a rat, Matty Cash, you know, he's a nasty little player. He's nobbled a couple of hours before. I think Liverpool I've seen have had some issues with him in the past, going in on them, that type of thing. He's just that type of player. He'll probably get his at some point maybe in March when Christian Romero comes up against him. But uh, look, it's 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 really frustrating. It's so annoying to see a player of that quality be out for so long initially and then to, you know, on his first start back in the team, have this happen to him. Shelving our sort of feelings about the situation. I just, re- I really feel for the lad, mate. I really feel for the player. His, you know, to, to get a bit 2023 about it, his mental health must be in the fucking gutter, man. Like, I feel so bad for him. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the obviously, we, we'd spoken about this before, and I think a lot of people had commented on, you can't rush him back, a player who's had an injury like that. And, you know, the, the way that our midfield suddenly became with injuries and whatever, it felt like we suddenly needed him. So we were all kind of in a bit of two minds about it, it feels too soon. I mean, ideally, it would have been we could kind of ease him back in. And then the irony is that it wasn't a breakdown of his old injury. He just got nobbled, as you say, by someone else. And it's just really, you know, that that's that's you really can't legislate for that in terms of our our preparation or, you know, it's it's completely, completely a bizarre situation. And yeah, Matty Cash, I think people have spoken a lot about him. I don't think I'll, I don't think I will. Um but yeah, it's it, it must be really rough for him, especially because he came back and we were so good in that first 30 minutes weren't we we were playing some absolutely amazing football and he was absolutely at the fulcrum of that and there's again there's no um coincidence that we lost control of the game after he went off and we just weren't the same team at all um really really tough for him really um you know because I think we always kind of earmarked him certainly from our point of view as well you know Sar and Basuma will go off to AFCON in around January by then, Bentico will be up to speed and he'll be able to kind of take over and we hopefully won't see any drop-off. Now he's out until February, which completely leaves us in a real jam as well. But yeah, as you say, for, for him, such, such, a, such a rough rough occurrence must be so devastating, to be honest. Especially, you know, go playing for Uruguay as well and it all sort of seems to come together for him, mm. getting plaudits there, playing well for us for half an hour, then getting slapped bang onto the... Um, Treatment bed, uh, treatment beds as well. So, yeah, really, really rough, really disappointing. 
do you worry that he might just be one of those players like a you know a Ledley or whatever that we just we're always going to know that we had this lad Rodrigo Bentancur who is absolutely mustard he just never really got a break um and we never mm. got to see the best of him I mean, if he'd gone over with like a um, recurrence of his old injury, then that would sort of um, reaffirm that idea, right? But this is, you know, this is not that. What it does do, however, he's now got, let's say, a dodgy knee and a dodgy opposite ankle. I don't think that's a particularly good um, combination, to be honest. Any combination of injury isn't, but having one knee out, you know, that's had a serious injury and then having the opposite ankle out, um, I think it's the opposite ankle either way. Having having one of two of those things, not good. Um, yeah, again, it's just it's just another kind of waiting game to see how how he recovers from it. Um, really, really tough for the lad. Feel for him. This miserable, isn't it? Um, and with regard to Spurs, you kind of touched on it there, Afcon and everything like that coming up. It probably puts Peter Pierre Mahoybier leaving the club in January as well, doesn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, and you you kind of touched on. Um, the the uh, yellow and purple and yellow lot. Um, <clears throat> again, w- when we're trying to kind of move forward and clear out some of these the, these players or kind of refresh these players, I, I won't use the term deadwood because I think it's a bit more complex than that. Yeah. Um, but now we're in a position where we're like, if we started seeing um, transfer rumours about Hoiberg or Atletico are back in for Hoiberg or whatever, and he's he's keen to go, and they look like he can get a deal done early. That would make everybody nervous, and that's a kind of a crazy situation where I think most people would kind of accepted that if we could get good money for him, then it's a right time for him to leave. And now we're like, that's still the case, but we can't afford to let him leave, and that's a real. Uh, I mean, you know, we talk about injuries as as a wider thing, right? And this is there's been some freak occurrences, you know, but it get there comes to a point where freak occurrences you have to kind of take a step back and say well is there something is there something else kind of happening here in terms of why have we a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Had so many ligament um, injuries, a number of them in um, training. You know, do we kind of need to look a bit closer about what we're doing on the training pitch or whatever? Because... I don't necessarily believe in kind of bad luck or anything like that. Once you, that, that there's a pattern forming here where lots of our players are going down injured, injured with kind of similar um, injuries. Are they being overworked? Are they being overloaded? I don't know, but again, kind of beside the point. Really, us kind of talking about it. 
because um, we're, ne- we're, ne- we're never understand. But I do, it, it's hard to shake off the, the, the idea that um, something something's not quite right in terms of our preparations and things because, you know, proof being we've is this got not so just many a, a wider point about the game maybe to be had though because the injury list across yeah. the premier league is pretty extensive i don't know if you've seen there have been several graphics produced about this by various different football um aggregators mm. and the like that seem to suggest we'll say so but we've not yeah but we've not, not played any games huh? we've not played any games have we we've played one game a week for the, for the most part that is that's a standard load in terms of what you're expected to do so i guess but there's the, the, a cumulative fatigue from last year's world cup the amount of international true, fixtures true. these players yeah. are playing you know it's true and it, you know yeah it might not be our problem it might be a wider problem as you say but i do think there's something in that i think there's something it's not just luck is it there's some, something is going wrong where so many players are going down injured i wasn't kind of aware of like the other the the, wide, the wider context of it so you so it might even be that you're right so I'm, well I'm just devil's yeah. avocadoing I do I agree with you I think there must be something whether you know they've come off the back of Conte training and we've been told that Angie's methods are pretty brutal as well that maybe maybe it's on the managers as well maybe it's on the managers and the coaching teams to be a bit more adult about this stuff as well I don't know yeah yeah and uh, with things like this when things like this tend to go wrong in any walk of like it life it's usually a a number of things that that aren't Mm. quite right that like leads up to something like this isn't it it's not just like one person saying make and run another 5k although that's probably what Conte was doing to be fair but (laughs) um but they were too knackered to get injured <laughs> last season, were they? They were just uh, running to the ground and they just couldn't move when it came to uh, match day. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 really it's it's interesting, isn't it? And I wonder because there, there's been a similar kind of focus on in the women's game how lots of women have sort of done their knee ligaments or the same knee ligaments, wasn't there? That was kind of reported, I think, before the Women's World Cup. Um, that there was that, that there was there was a trend and there was kind of there needed to be kind of a um, overview of why that was happening and then you know particularly for for women o- over men that they were disproportionately doing knee ligaments or having lig- ligament damage so there's definitely something in it and, and again like as, as you kind of point out the now the more I think of it the, the Occam's razor is we know that they play too much football so it's not surprising we're to a point now where they're all going down injured and you know UEFA in particular won't change that because they the, seem to be the main driver of making everything bigger, making everything more complex, you know, more Nations League, more Champions League, more everything. And uh, yeah, so I suppose if there's anyone at fault, they're probably the, to the starting point. Um, you got to look to them, I think. According to Jacob Steinberg in The Guardian, Tottenham want to sign a centre-back and a central midfielder in January. Um, they are open to signing a forward, but apparently that's not their priority. We uh, we're considering a move for for Jota, who Postecoglou has worked with previously at Celtic. Um, he's now playing in Saudi Arabia. I think something seems to have gone on there. They're they're not getting on. He's up for a loan or something like that. But there's no sense of there being any advanced talks on that so far. Um, we need we need bodies, don't we? Quite simply, we need. But I mean, definitely, we need another centre back. We need somebody that fits. I, I'm not even. Do you know? I'm not even looking for a marquee centre back. I'm, Romero, Van de Ven, when they're both back, fit and firing, great. But we need somebody else. 
that is not an Ashley Phillips, not one for the future. We need somebody that is happy to be a squad option that fits the profile of this squad, of what's required of a defender in this style of play for this squad, right? We, we need that. We surely... I mean, yeah. there was some talk that we're going to recall Jaffet Tanganga back from loan, which people were losing their asses over. Why? He's... he Like, this system for Jaffet Tanganga, if we're talking about being a squad option, <laughs> like, I'd rather have him playing than Eric Dyer. you know? He's got that pace. He's got that aggression. Um, he can't stay fit ever. And yeah, he does switch off. But what I'm talking about in terms of the profile of player, somebody that isn't going to get annoyed that they're not playing ahead of Van de Ven or Romero, have him back. But we need somebody else as well, right, too. And that's a sort of side note on Jaffa Tanganga. Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's good good to identify him as a, as a possible. Again, I think that there's a bit of like familiarity breeze contempt with him and again you know we we all know what what sort of a player he's like but um if we had him we'd be in less of a awful state put it that way right mm. so um yeah, and again i think there is something in him being sort of more suited to this system than 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 previous ones but yeah kind of remains to be seen but yeah to to your point um we absolutely have to sign a center back i think um we have to sign sign one who has Premier League experience, who has a bit of pace, and who is understanding that they aren't necessarily first choice, but will likely get a game right and, and likely get a shot to kind of prove themselves. So that Tosin lad from Fulham, is he playing for Fulham at the moment? Because I know that we were really interested in him and I think that he probably didn't want to come because he wasn't um, you know, guaranteed any starting mm starting berth if he's not playing for Fulham then maybe we can come and say well if you're not starting for Fulham you might as well not start for us and plus you know again um, Romero's going to get sent off a number of times still this season I reckon so you're still going to get a stretch of games to prove yourself so yeah I mean it, I, th- I think the plan always was to buy another one wasn't it I think we just kind of risked it like we said the, the other week we risked getting rid of Dav just to get him off the books and leaving us a bit short I don't think anyone could have kind of it is, you know, you can say about bad squad planning, but having Romero sent off and Van der Ven injured in the same game—that's that's that that's a that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one to legislate for. The Evening Standard have also reported on this one that we are joining the race with Barcelona and Manchester United to sign Jean-Claire Todibo from Nice, um, French international centre back. I mean, I, I often tend to think our name gets thrown into these type of things to just make United or Barcelona buy the player, right? Because I, yeah. I just don't think we're in that pool where we're going to be in a bidding war for a French international centre-back alongside Manchester United and Barcelona. That's just That doesn't tally with what we've been doing business-wise for the past few years now at all. Yeah, and, you know, isn't Sir Jim Radcliffe, doesn't he own Nice as well as part of United so oh, well, there you go. feels like that's probably just an e- quite an easy trade to do even though yeah again one of the reasons why um, it was strange well not strange because most most teams would benefit but they all voted for um, to, to allow that sort of thing between competing clubs although did you see that you know this is a bit of an aside but did you see that whole thing about United and Nice if they're both in the Champions League then Man United have to go and play in the Conference League <laughs> really yeah, yeah, because there's this there's this um, UEFA rule again. This I was reading this or hearing this about this a, a week or so ago. So I don't know if there's been sort of like a development since, but yeah. So it's basically if say if Nice finish higher in League One or League One than um, United do in the Premier League, 
Nice will get the kind of priority. And of course, at that meet, say if they've both finished in the top four or the Champions League places, it means that the, the higher place team would get it. And Manchester United, in this sense, would not get it. And they weren't, wouldn't be allowed to play in the Europa League just in case Nice ended up in there. So they would have to play in the uh, Conference League, um, which I is mean, quite a mad thing. Dog muck anyway, so they probably won't even make it through. Yeah, true, true. So, But again, this is something that's... Um, quite an interesting little foible that came out um it seems like yeah we're not the only club that kind of maybe overlooks certain things when it comes to um what the rules are putting at matt doherty's loan for instance um but yeah well, um, so given where we are now so what are we 12 games in have we played 12 games something like that's going 12 yeah um and given how you know well we were doing and now suddenly it's all kind of dropped off and I still think we've got some way to go in terms of our nosedive I think it's unavoidable I don't know if we'll lose all the next three or four games or something but 13 I still don't games think we're gonna... just right 13 yeah so again so take us up to like 17 17 matches um where do you think where do you think we are now in terms of our our season I think it was probably too early to kind of talk about top four or, or talk about winning the league I think it was it was doable but I think that all that sort of stuff was a bit um still hypothetical given how much football needs to be played but where, where do you see us where, where do you see us ending given how bad things have gone and, and the um, injury crisis etc I still think come the end of the season we'll still be in the conversation for top four top five I do I think we'll be good enough to hover around that point we are going to lose to City just in my opinion like you know we are going to lose that one we might even lose to West Ham at home but I kind of back us to show up in that one and have that as our one to, you know, give a bit of a fuck you to them and to everybody else. And we are going to slowly but surely get our lads back, get our get our top players back. Um, I think Brennan Johnson has a big moment in him coming soon. I think he's been really quite exciting. I think Sonny will find his feet. We always know Sonny's been a bit streaky. I don't know if it's fully fair to say he's been in a bad streak as such Villa was somewhat aberrative for him and as has been kind of revealed since then Villa are the best team in Europe at catching teams offside did you know that like their offside trap is uh... yeah I did know that I mean I still think we could have done a, a bit better actually knowing knowing full well that they're good at that I think that we still sort of made it quite easy for them but that's beside the point but yeah um... but I, I still think we'll be up there mate don't you yeah, I do. I do. I think that I've I've seen enough to see that when we're actually at full strength, we we're actually really good. Um, and I think it will give us quite a bit of impetus once people are kind of back. Um, and we'll we'll have a strong start to the to the strong end to the season, should I say? Still think this is all. You know, the fact that we're now kind of out of the conversation for the title, even though we whether or not we should have been in that conversation in the first place, I think actually this means that we're quite nailed on to win the FA Cup. I'm going to put that out there now. I'm going to I'm going to manifest that. Absolutely I think manifest. how how things have, yeah how, how things have kind of worked out. I think we're um, yeah just just because when you know every, by the time everyone comes back, we'll have you know a strong squad and we'll have we'll have played like the likes of Lacelso and our kind of more second string players. I think that that puts us in good stead. And you know this this type of football, try and win, at, you know, under any circumstances is basically how you win cup competitions right so i think there's a good there's a good kind of read across there and i think that, that that's that's where we're headed and i still think you know like you i think that given that it's top five as well 
and the fact that if Man United finished top five, then they would be bummed out of it. I think that gives us quite a um, a good a good um, good shout for top four, if not top five. Nice one. Right. Well, if you have enjoyed that, thank you very much for listening. This has been this is a taster of what you can get over on Patreon. Patreon.com slash RTR pod. So sign up, you know, Phil and myself every Thursday. We go there's usually more bulletined an approach to this, but quite frankly, there's not been any Tottenham news. There's been nothing to talk about other than Ben Tanker being injured, really. So usually we go through bullet points of across the week and yeah, stick it out every Thursday. So hope you have enjoyed um anything to add phil no just that we'd love to have you over over on the thursday bulletin thing that we do it's good fun it's good fun so coys Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.